Welcome to Inside Medical Malpractice. This subject fascinates everyone everywhere because it affects everyone everywhere. My name is Chris Rokosh. I'm a registered nurse, legal consultant and educator, and the president of Connect Medical Legal Experts. Medical malpractice affects patients, families, nurses, doctors, midwives, healthcare institutions, the associations that define medical standards, lawyers, and the general public. Each month, we'll be looking at the malpractice issues from different perspectives, featuring honest, candid, insightful interviews by people and professionals with a wealth of information to share. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's dive into this fascinating subject. I've been talking today with Maya Tomjanovic, uh, a plaintiff's lawyer with Cumming and Gillespie in Calgary, Alberta. And we just very recently talked about her experience being a patient in the healthcare system as a medical malpractice lawyer, which was very insightful. And if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to that podcast. Um, it's so candid and so open and so honest and advice for young mothers entering to healthcare system and advice for doctors and nurses and learnings for all of us. But and we talked about Maya's professional career and she talked we talked a little bit about her sort of unexpected uh, landing in medical malpractice law. She didn't really intend to, but she ended up there. And now she's passionate and crazy about the work that she does. But let's talk a little bit about Maya on a more personal level. So you have chosen, as we discussed, what I perceive as a tough subsection within a tough profession, like law being hard and medical malpractice law being really hard. Um, and I would imagine on many levels, work-wise, career-wise, on a personal level, seeing and dealing with people who've really struggled and been injured. What makes you feel inspired and gets you up in the morning to keep doing this work? Um, definitely those people, so our clients and their families. Um, you know, particularly in the medical malpractice realm, a lot of the cases we handle are birth injury cases, and they are extremely difficult, um, both obviously in terms of the subject matter and the medicine and learning all of that. It's not easy as, like I told you last time, somebody who didn't take bio 20 to sit there and try and question a physician with confidence. Right. Um, but, you know, I think this area of law is quite narrow and there's not a lot of lawyers who do it. And the people who need us really need us. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a few extra bucks in their bank account. It's the difference between them having huge financial stressors and, you know, not the quality of life that anybody would wish on someone and actually being able to proceed with their future and give their child or give their spouse or, you know, their sibling the best quality of life possible. So it's definitely the clients that keep us going. And well, it's difficult in terms of the again like the subject matter and the law it's not difficult because of the people how do you keep yourself centered i guess for lack of a better word but you know keep your own sense of joy and purpose and passion in the midst of those difficult difficult stories i think just the people you surround yourself with and you know honestly clients do that for us a lot as well like we act for some families who 
are dealing with what I perceive to be, you know, a very difficult life and a lot of challenges and a level of stress that most of us cannot even imagine. And we spend time with them and they're laughing and they're happy and Mm. they're, you know, enjoying each other. And in spite of all those challenges. Yeah. So you see that and you're like, well, I can't complain about anything. Like Mm. one of our clients or families, you know, they have three children, one who has severe disabilities because of medical negligence, or that's what we allege at least. And, you know, the amount of stuff she, the mom accomplishes and the dad works away. So she's doing a lot of it on the day-to-day basis. And, you know, I see that and I feel like I can't complain about anything. Mm. I can't complain about the level of work or my one child. Right. So, so it you know, sounds it puts like things you find in perspective. Inspiring. Yeah, for sure. That. Yeah. So what are the kind of things that um I just ask you what gets you up in the morning? What kind of things keep you up at night? Questioning. <laughs> when I have a questioning the next day, particularly oh. in <laughs> medical malpractice so cases. So describing when you're going to have to ask a doctor about, yeah, you know, I exactly. see. Right. I, I'm the type of person that always runs through those things a lot in my mind, so you know, anything that's going on with the case, it certainly keeps me up when there's big steps that are happening. Um, yeah, it's just the minute details and mm-hmm. running through those kinds of things in my head. Right. I can imagine that will get easier as your experience grows. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Although every new case must be different. There must be a whole new level of learning, med- sure. medical learning and legal learning probably with each case. How do you hope that your work in the medical malpractice field might influence healthcare outcomes in the future? I hope that medical providers take more care as a result. Like it's hard because, you know, the threat of a lawsuit shouldn't be what changes behavior, but at the same time it's like any other profession, like anything really if it's goes unchecked if negligence goes unchecked then usually the problems heighten so our hope certainly is that by creating consequences for negligent actions that people do take more care and i know you know for example charting practices i'm not saying that it's because of medical malpractice cases that that's necessarily changed but i know that there has been a significant change or what appears to me to be a significant change in charting practices over time. And I think that's important, you know, charting, what was the term that used to be used for you'd only chart bad things is charting by exception. Charting by exception. Yeah. yeah. So right. yeah, charting by exception does not make sense to me. Right. <laughs> and certainly I think it's a very good thing that that is no longer the norm. And yeah, whether that was due to CMPA paying out too much money or Alberta Health Services paying out too much money and then training their staff on different charting practices or not you know those are the kinds of differences that I'd like to see made because Mm -hmm. it hopefully results in less bad outcomes sure that's good that's honorable honorable you know wish um your father was a prosecutor right yes correct yeah how did that influence you in your career choice and how does it still influence you today doing the work that you do it certainly i think resulted in me going to law school and not the way 
that a lot of legal families <laughs> it happens for like I think a lot of times is that a thing <laughs> yes legal, fa- legal it seems families? to be a re- <laughs> well it seems to be a thing where it's like generational and every right. everybody is a lawyer so <laughs> that and in lots of you know just from obviously anecdotal information and people I know it's often the parent who's a lawyer wants their child to be a lawyer and so on and so forth that wasn't the case for my family like my dad never pushed us one way or the other at all and I think when I was a kid I was naive and thought his job seems like fun because I had no concept <laughs> of what it really was and, is and it? well it seemed good at the time like he he would come home for dinner I didn't realize that he then worked for two or three more hours after we went to bed uh. <laughs> and you know he went to conferences and he did runs and things like that associated Sounds good. <laughs> yeah so as a child I thought it sounded great um but he was very passionate about his job and he was the type of lawyer who just loved being a lawyer and loved finding the truth and you know he is a very altruistic person and so that was always quite inspiring and he really loved his job Mm. so you see that and you're like well I'll do that. I don't know what else I'm going to do with my <laughs> commerce degree, so I might as well go to law school. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I hear you say, uh, you know, you describe yourself as being passionate and loving your work and feeling um, motivated, yeah. you know, by the things you're accomplishing. So it sounds like you were right as a kid. <laughs> it's a good job, and it was the right job for you. It's true. It can be a bit of a love-hate relationship, but it certainly <laughs> is fulfilling. Yeah. And what do you do when you're not lawyering? <laughs> Well, now I'm changing diapers mostly. Right. right. <laughs> Although Richard will tell you that he changes most of the diapers, but yeah. you know not to play I've him. met Richard. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time with friends. I have a great, great support system here in Calgary. I have a lot of very close friends and my family is here in Calgary. So we spend a lot of time together. Um, we travel a fair amount. I'm trying to cram as many trips into my mat leave as possible so yes Yes. (laughs) unfortunately my son's having to deal with the jet lag and the time changes and all of that that comes with it but he's been a trooper so resilience is important to give (laughs) your important thing to give your kids (laughs) that's the hope yeah Uh, yeah all right well thank you Maya (laughs) um again for anyone listening this is Maya Tomjanovich and uh she's from Cumming and Gillespie Law Firm in Calgary Alberta And we'll be back to talk about another topic soon. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. 